Welcome to Eurovision Song Context. This is a podcast that tries to get to the bottom of what makes an ESC submission successful. Why do we love the submissions we do? And what do they say about us? It's a tour of taste, identity, and the ins and outs of ESC. It's episode four. I'm Bradley, and I'm joined today by ESC superfans Susie and Margarita. We'll talk about Eurovision Barbie and chat about some iconic submissions from 2014, 2018, and 2022, including Eleni Ferreira, Chanel, and Conchita. I always encourage you to go to the show page at eurovisionsongcontext.fireside.fm. This time, the show page is also a fiesta of Eurovision Barbie photos. Chanel, Conchita, Verka, Dana International, and Sheldon. They're all there. So whether you prefer the 12-inch Barbie version of Eleni or the real 67-inch version, it's a great idea to check out the show page before you listen. There's even a Dana International doll auction. Quick note. I actually taped a full episode with Monica Nunez del Castillo, a creator of Eurovision Barbies, but it was lost to a corrupt file. In its place, I've recorded this episode, which is a kind of Barbie Eurovision jury show with a fantastic panel. Because every Eurovision should have postcards, our jury show will start with this one from Monica, explaining Eurovision Barbie. Hi, dear Bradley, Madrid calling. Uh, I am Monica Nuno del Castillo and I run the Madrid Fashion Doll Convention. I am a Barbie artist, also a Barbie collector. And this year, the party that I organized was a tribute to Eurovision Song Contest. So we have many activities related to Eurovision as, for example, to contests where people had to take a picture of their dolls as a Eurovision performance. So it was good, and we had some people getting into the contest for photography, and we had another contest for a Barbie one-of-a-kind. What is a Barbie one-of-a-kind? Well, a Barbie one-of-a-kind is a doll that you take, you repaint the face, you do the hair, you make the clothes, and you create a thing that you like. And that is a one-of-a-kind doll. Many artists um, all, all, all over the world uh, also make dolls one-of-a-kind, and this year they were making dolls for the contest and also for the charity. About the contest, I had to say that the winner for both contests, the photography contest and also the one-of-a-kind contest, was the same doll. So you have the picture I provided to Briley, and I, ha- I, and I hope you enjoy the picture. This picture is from a doll competing, and the winner was uh, Jose Valenciano Roca. Okay, more about Madrid Fashion Doll Show. Okay, it is a party where you can find collectors all over the world. So what do we have at the party? We have people from Netherlands, Philippines, 
U.S. Even this year, it was difficult, but we had people from Russia. Yeah, and from Belgium, France, and of course, Spain. Well, more about Madrid Fashion Doll Show Convention. This year, we wanted to make a tribute through our dolls. So we wanted to make our party with dolls from Eurovision. So for the Friday party, we were making two dolls. These dolls were Neta, and the doll was called Neta Stoy. And the other doll was based on Eleni Foreira, this wonderful artist. Both dolls, Eleni Foreira's doll Fuego and Neta's doll, uh, are a limited edition of 15 dolls. And for to make this doll, we worked together several artists in Madrid from the Madrid Fashion Doll Show creative team. This creative team are people like Sonia Gallego Mora, Aladol Galevara Popor, Carmen Gavarre, Brani Miladenov, Jose Carlos Chicatena, and me. So we work together to make beautiful dolls every year for our party. Every year we make a very special doll that is called the local creation doll. It is a doll that we usually make 100 dolls. And these dolls this year were dedicated to Conchita Wurst. Yes, we call this, this doll Fennis. It is Barbie Fennis, and this doll was uh, authorized by Mattel. So this doll is a real Barbie doll, authorized by Mattel, and is inspired by Conchita. Another thing that we have at our convention is that we celebrate a special gala dinner. So what can you find at the gala dinner? Of course, more dolls. The first thing that you find when you enter the room is fabulous tables with many gifts and with beautiful dolls in the center. These dolls in the center are the centerpiece dolls. On each table, you can find 10 people and these people from different countries dinner together they make friends, and when it is the time for the raffle, one of them can win the doll in the center. This year, the centerpiece doll was dedicated to uh, Berska Serduska, and we called our doll Lassa Tumbai. Well, these were the four dolls that we wanted to make. And what is the interesting thing about all these different dolls? Well, you can find on these dolls different face sculpts and different bodies. Yes, because maybe you don't know that, but Barbie, it is not unique and it is just one doll. No, no, no. Barbie has different type of head molds and it has different types of bodies. Yeah. So for the Neta's toy, 
the the face is like an Asian face cool and the body is the curvy body so it's not the regular Barbie body the thin one for Elenis Ferreira we choose a holiday Barbie doll to wear from 2017 and the face cool from this holiday doll is very similar to Elenis and the body is a model muse body and it already has a pose like she's on the on the runway. More about the dolls. Okay. The doll for the Conchita Burst, it has a made-to-move body, so it is fully articulated and you can move it. Well, it is articulated, not made-to-move, because made-to-move uh, had more movements than the one we use it. And finally, for Berska, it is a possible body, uh, but not made to move. Well, there is a lot of to, to know and learn about Barbie, if you want. More about me. I am running this convention since 2013. And along all these years, uh, people were, uh, were coming, people were going, and we have a really nice, really nice community. This year was the ninth convention and it was dedicated to Eurovision Song Contest. Next year, 2023, our convention will be our 10th anniversary and we are going to dedicate it to the cinema, the glamour and Hollywood. But of course, as it is our 10th anniversary, we want to make a little of everything of each convention. So maybe we will have again surprises about Eurovision next year. So I think this is everything that I wanted to share with you. So if you are a collector of Barbie and you like Eurovision, join our social medias and, and learn about our convention. And you are really welcome to come to our party and enjoy. Thank you so much, Briley, for inviting me to your special edition for Barbie and Eurovision. And I hope we will join again. So bye-bye, everybody, and enjoy these photos. Mwah. Hello, Margarita and Susie. Uh, welcome to the Eurovision Song Context podcast. I know we were all in Turin um, <laughs> separately, uh, but I was wondering if you could introduce yourselves. Maybe Margarita go first. Sure. So hi, my name is Margarita. I am Italian Canadian, currently studying in university international relations, and I'm very, very excited to be on the podcast today. Excellent. Excellent. And Susie? Hi, I am Susie. Uh, I'm English. I live in the southern USA. Um, I was also in Turin and I am the host of the Eurorifts podcast. Excellent. As usual, I'm Bradley, both American, American probably first and British second. And here we are, the three of us, talking about Eurovision Barbie. Would any of you, would either of you like to comment on Monica's postcard? Yeah, her, her postcard about Barbies. Like, what did you get from Monica? 
Personally, I found it very helpful. It was really nice to get some behind the scenes input down to minuscule little details that I wouldn't have even thought of or pieced together. She was able to explain very nicely, I think. Yeah, I didn't realize how many um, how many different versions of Barbie there is. Yeah, she's quite informed. <laughs> she sure. definitely loves her Barbies. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, we all have our deep dive hobbies, I imagine. I'm just guessing. Um, so... I wanted to ask, um, you know, we're all kind of ladies and, you know, did you do, do you both remember playing with Barbie as a kid? I mean, I wasn't allowed to have Barbies actually. Oh, that's a crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, my mom was convinced that Barbie's only reason for existing was Ken, um, which I think irritated her somehow as I don't know, I did, but, um, yeah, I mean, I did have My Little Ponies, which is its own illness. So I, I don't actually see how she won there. But yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, let's not get started on My Little Ponies. I've got 650 of them upstairs catalogued and tagged. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's my sickness when it comes to uh, 80s toys. Oh, if they had a, a Eurovision My Little Pony, this would be a completely different discussion. But yeah, for me, uh, Barbie was like the for, the forbidden fruit, right? The, the thing that other The thing that other girls were allowed to have, yeah. Did, did you yeah, play with them, yeah. Margarita? Um, I must have had a few of them, no doubt. But I wouldn't say it was my favorite toy. It wasn't something I always reached back to, but it was definitely in my life and definitely prevalent even like in media. It's something that even if you didn't have one, you know. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no escape. There's no escaping Barbie. I, re I remember having Cindy. In England, Cindy was the thing. But Barbie basically came along and crushed Cindy. Cindy got booted out by Barbie by about probably the late 80s. Uh, what, what, can you tell me really quickly what was different about Cindy? Was she, was she, a, was she a clone? What, 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 what's the deal with Cindy? Cindy, if I remember correctly, was she was, the, she was the bigger thing than Barbie in the early 80s. And Cindy was a brunette. She was not oh. blonde. Yeah. And Cindy had a, Cindy was a much more rounded figure. She had a much more rounded head. She was not as narrow as Barbie. Um, I'm gonna have to look up some pictures of Cindy. I think my mum probably still has my original Cindy, uh, but Barbie did basically completely out outlive uh, Cindy. Yeah. Why? What makes Barbie? What makes Barbie so iconic? What's the, what what just like in the culture? I mean, I definitely think for me, she's your first idea of what grown-up femininity is somehow that's what that's a it's a grown-up yeah I, th I think it was the the marketing and the blondes have more fun thing <laughs> she's an adult she's she's definitely depicted to be on the more i don't even know how to say it adult side she has adult characteristics but she's marketed to children i never really thought about it that way it's interesting how we sort of we as children look at her as almost this version of beauty, this ideal of beauty for children who look nothing like her. Yeah, I mean, um, Monica, you know, because we've recorded a, an episode, an entire Barbie episode, which was tragically lost due, a, due to a corrupt file. But I mean, I've learned so much about Barbie now and I apparently Barbie is supposed to be a teenager. If I had to peg a Barbie's age, for me, it would be 25, 24. But no, Barbie is supposed to be a teen. I never got that about Barbie. Did you guys? She does not look it at all. I did not know that. 
Yeah. Yeah, the original version I think was supposed to be a teenager, but she's she's definitely uh if she's supposed to be be 17, those are those are city miles, not highway. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, city miles Barbie. That's that's I'm I'm which brings me which brings me to my next point. Um, you know, Barbie clearly also has it's not just Barbie, right? It's Barbie's clothes, it's Barbie's accessories. It's, you know, there's like a, I'm, I'm imagining the accessories that City Miles Barbie will have, but I'll leave it for another day. Uh, <laughs> right, she'll be right there with Trailer Trash Barbie. So, yeah. That's it, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I'll, I'll end up insulting somebody <laughs> if I if I follow that, that path. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what's the fun of playing with a Barbie? Is it doing Barbie's hair? Is it imagining Barbie, you know, in, in all of her many careers? You know, she's an airline pilot. She what's what's the fun of Barbie? I definitely think there are different elements at play. Um, one of them for myself, at least, I grew up, I have a twin brother uh, and he's my only sibling. So I did not grow up with a sister. I didn't, until I started really going to school and making closer friends, I didn't really have any girls my age that I could play with. Um, yes. So I think there was some like fun in being able to do up her hair, change her clothing, almost in a little sister kind of way, since I couldn't do it for anybody else, at least in my experience. But I also think there's that fantasy element. You know, there are so many even video games with Barbie because people are just excited to have her in these different worlds that we can interact with, even though we can't interact with them in the real world. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Eurovision is a lot like that. I feel like Eurovision is kind of a fantasy space in that way. I think it's complete escapism. Yeah. Barbie has so many things that are completely unattainable to us in the us mere mortals. Um, <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't love to have a Barbie dream house? I, I want to yeah. have a, a hot tub on the roof and a, a pool. And frankly, I would love a Ken. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's escapism as well. I think Barbie also makes me a little bit um, resentful in that way. I mean, does she? I think oh, like God, I, yes. I looked at the Barbies and I was a bit resentful. I was like, oh. Thing, like an unattainable thing, living a plastic, unattainable lifestyle. And then you get one over, of course. You're like, oh, those accessories are so cool. You know, you get five minutes into it and you, you turn around. I don't know. What, what feelings does Barbie bring up for you, Margarita? Any? I mean, it definitely reminds me of when I was a kid, right? But I think if I think of Barbie, what comes to my mind, again, is that sort of like escapism and different ways that she's portrayed in the media. Like I remember I used to follow on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if, if it was the official Barbie account, something along those lines where it was just pictures of Barbie traveling around the world. <laughs> like this isn't targeted to children. Like a four-year-old playing with a Barbie doll doesn't care if Barbie's in front of the Eiffel Tower, but they manage to market though. in a I way. Think, I think, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. There is that crossover like, I mean, in fact, all of the high fashion Barbie dolls. Yeah. In the 80s, I remember high fashion Barbie dolls like in shops, like the Christmas Barbie or like the Bob Mackie Barbie. And, you know, the Barbies that we're about to look look at are clearly not toys. They are works of art somehow. I mean, no one is meant to play with these. They are far too special for that. Yeah, I was never I mean, I never continued on with a Barbie obsession, but there are certain fandoms that I, you know, have a thing for. I like Wizard of Oz. I stumbled across a Wizard of Oz Barbie. I had to have it. 
you know, who doesn't want Glinda, Glinda the Good Witch in Barbie form? Me? <laughs> Here, I take de- my I money. There you go. Yeah, I, you know? I definitely do, because I am. I that crown is iconic, like Glinda's crown. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like yep. I have now learned that there are 15 different Barbie heads. So that's, if you yeah. want to make like a Eurovision wow. Barbie, you've got your choice of 15 heads. And I'm wondering what head you're going to pick for Glinda, because I feel like she's not represented in the Barbie head world. Can you think off the top of your head of a Barbie Eurovision that you would want to own? So like before we even look at the first Eurovision Barbie, can you imagine, you know, Susie has said, oh, I would want to own Glinda. I can imagine that Barbie and I would want to own it. I mean, even I've never seen it and I want to own it. I can imagine what that item looks like. So you pick any Eurovision act. What's a Barbie that you want to own? Eurovision Barbie. I want a Ken Whalen. Okay. All day, all day, without question. He he's the he's the one the one person that I have followed since the second I heard him. I have all of his albums, all on vinyl. I fell in love with his voice. I had probably three or four of his albums on repeat before I ever saw a picture of him, because he was actually in the first year that I listened to. I didn't even watch it. I just listened to, and then Which when I finally saw year? a picture. Uh, 2018 and this is when I came back to Eurovision after having grown up with it but when I finally came back to it it was 2018 and I just listened to it on the radio and as soon as I heard him I listened to his albums on repeat didn't even see a picture of him for probably about six months and when I saw a picture of him I'm like oh yes yes indeed (laughs) so (laughs) yes if I could have a, a Ken Whalen made yes thank you very much for me, it would be hard to choose just one. I mean, of course, I have my favorites. The Maneskin one last year. I love them. I've loved them oh since God, they were on yes. X Factor Italy. I think their Barbie dolls would be so hot. They'd cater to so many people. But I feel like, I don't know why we haven't done this. Like, we need a Barbie, either Barbie Eurovision winners, just a whole series, Barbie best hits. You know what I mean? All the fan favorites. Could you imagine if every year after Eurovision, the Barbie edition came out. That would so be a collectionary item. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know how Mattel, so I know because this was a fan project, uh, Monica had to ask Mattel if they could do this, but clearly because they're not going up, up for sale, you know, Mattel doesn't have to worry about like the politics of like, let's say selling middle America like a Conchita doll. <laughs> I'm surprised she actually asked about it because, I mean, there is a huge culture of, of customizing dolls. I mean, it's it's a hobby. It's a thing. It's the same thing with My Little Ponies. You, you, there's a big customization trend in My Little Ponies. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've customized several. And actually, now that you've said about customizing a Eurovision one, I'm so doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's just... happening. That's, that's going to happen. <laughs> So I was thinking about it, and so many of the Eurovision groups that I love are groups, right? They're ABBA and whatever, and I think Barbie maybe flies solo, can fly solo. I don't know. I don't want four Barbies, do I? I don't want all of ABBA. I don't want, like, an Agneta and a, and a Bjorn. Or I don't want, I don't, I mean, oh, I, Bucks I Fizz. Bucks oh, Fizz is who I want. I want, yes. Bucks Fizz. I want Bucks Fizz Barbie with, like, a with little the skirt that you can skirt. take off. Yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah, if if any of you during the rest of this um, conversation, you know, come up with any Barbies you must own, um, you know, feel free to throw it out there. For me, Barbie has got Barbie, possibly Ken, 
uh, the clothes and the accessories. For me, this is, these are the elements of Barbie. Agreed or not agreed, because we are now the jury for this, uh, you know, Barbie, Barbie ESC contest. Yeah, agreed. And then, of course, there's Junior Eurovision, so you could always have Skipper. <laughs> I mean, I'm, all, I'm already visualizing. Mattel, just call me. I'll be your, your you know, ideas girl. We'll just take this, take this on the road. Let's go. Margarita, I'll leave that to you. How do you feel about your Junior Eurovision Skipper? Look, I'm all for it. You know, it's part of the Eurovision family. We have to make it part of the Barbie family. I feel like everyone expands. Once you fall in love with Eurovision, you expand your Eurovision somehow. Um, I loved Saturday I think you have first. to. One day of the year isn't enough. That's it. That's it. So mm -hmm. I have expanded. I started with San Remo and went to Eurovision. From there, I got into the semifinals and the selection processes, but I just can't get into junior Eurovision. And I feel like Eurovision and Barbie are twinned in some way that Skipper and Junior Eurovision Barbie are not going to. I would, I want to see it, but I'm going to, I'm not going to be a super fan. I feel that that's the way that's going to go. It would be one of those things I would, I would find on a discount aisle and still buy it because it's there and it's connected, but I'm not going to stand in line waiting for the subwoofer Barbies to come out so I can take their masks off and find out who they really are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's just Ken. Because it's always Ken. I don't think Barbie <laughs> has more than one. It was Ken the whole time. <laughs> um, all right. Barbie's taglines are, you can be anything. And I think there was one in the 80s that was fun, friendship, and Barbie. Um, could these be the taglines of Eurovision? And, um, you know, what do Eurovision and Barbie have in common? Margarita maybe first and then Susie? I think... You said uh, friendship and fun. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like, of course, for me, that's what Eurovision is. You know, this year going to Turin, I, I went to Eurovision Live for the first time. I met so many amazing people that I'm still in touch with. And I think that's just fantastic. The reason I'm here is because of the people that I met in Turin. And I'm getting to meet so many new people. You know, Eurovision gives me a reason to see my friends, to celebrate something, to come together and to just enjoy ourselves and to enjoy ourselves not seriously, you know? It's not yeah. always about the serious acts. It's not always the fantastic voilas of Eurovision, but sometimes I just want to say, hey, ho, let's go. You know, that's <laughs> the point. It's just to have fun and let loose with friends and have something that we can just, we can just enjoy ourselves with. Bye. Voila, I, I assume you're talking about the actual song, Voila, and I'm, I'm already yes. imagining that Barbie in my head. Yeah, fine. I think it would be um, a fantastic Barbie. I mean, the style. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Eurovision is deadly silly and deadly serious, which is what's great about it. Susie, what do you think? Uh, that tagline fits perfectly, uh, 100%. Um, this, this was my first actual in-person Eurovision in Turin. And I mean, I was just walking around Turin and would see people that I had seen in the uh, arena for semi-final one. And it was just like meeting an old friend on the street and you'd met these people for two, three minutes in the arena, but it was just an instant connection. And it's amazing and I love it. And I still speak to these people on Facebook and it's, hey, you're going to be in, in Liverpool next year. Yeah, okay, great. We'll see you then. And it's such an all-inclusive, welcoming community. 
And I mean, I love it. It's the best community that I'm involved in. There are so many fandoms. I'm involved in a lot of different communities, but this is the most welcoming community I'm involved in. Yeah, and people seem to get the brief, don't they? Like, you know, yeah. they, to not be... Well, I shouldn't say there are some Caddy Eurovision fans, but um, yeah, fine. All right, let's take a look at the first Barbie in our Eurovision Barbie contest. For the record, just a, a note, I know you two know who the real winner is. Yeah, for the Madrid Actually, Fashion I... Doll contest. Don't say it. If you know, don't oh. say it. It <laughs> okay. is going to be okay. a surprise. So um, if, if you do know who won, keep a lid on it for the suspense factor. The first Barbie we're going to look at is Fuego, Cyprus, Eleni Ferreira, 2018. So let's take a look at her. Margarita, can you describe what you're looking at? We've got this first picture here. It's a very accurate depiction, I must say. If you think about the iconic costume of Eleni, the tight bodysuit with the sexy dance moves, the nice leather to top it off, it's there. You know, we have the volume in the hair. We have the bedazzled jumpsuit. What else can we ask for? That's Eleni. That is definitely Eleni. If I saw this without the box and she didn't have accessories or whatever else, I would definitely peg this as Eleni. Susie, how do you feel about this Barbie? It is clearly her. This is, out of all of them, probably the one I have the most most issues with. Um, and this <laughs> is coming from someone who is a costumer <laughs> and a cosplayer. Um, the hair. I have issues with the hair. There is not enough of it. Right. There is not enough for this Barbie to work the hairography. I think that there, there needed to be more highlights in it. I don't feel like the hair was worked on enough. There are, there are ways to work highlights into a customized Barbie. And I don't think that was focused on enough. It looks like they've brushed it to try and give it some volume. Yeah. But they needed to put the the they needed to work on some extensions and some highlights in it it needed to be longer and it needed to be to, to have more um color variation in it for sure i have deep feelings about the real eleni which is to say you look at her and i'm like no this is not a mortal woman right no one could achieve this look this look is unachievable right. that mm -hmm. hair like that hair is definitely probably also like a health risk. I don't know. Like, oh god, it, it's a fire! It was a fire hazard from minute one. Like I don't know how they managed to have the, that much pyro happen without her going up in flames and having a full Michael Jackson moment. I forgot about the bolero until I saw Eleni Barbie. I forgot that she had a little leather bolero, which is um, it's adorable. But I agree about the hair. I absolutely agree about it. What what accessories do you think? Uh, Fuego Barbie has. What did you? What do you want to come with this? With this item? I mean, I in this photo, I don't see the shoes, but I feel like she needs a rocking pair of shoes, you know, to do that choreography in heels. It takes it up a level, right? So, is it on this Barbie? Technically, from the photo, I can't see, but I sure hope it is there. Yeah, yeah, those, yep. those shoes were something else. Yeah. Here, the artist, um, and I, if I remember correctly, I think it was actually Monica, used a. Uh, catwalk barbie body so she does have that strut so you're talking about the shoes this barbie does have that strut pose like she's about to go down a catwalk um the outfit is amazing i would never touch this barbie's outfit because i would be petrified of never getting it on again correctly so now let's talk about the real fuego the real eleni Ferreira. how do you both feel about this song it's iconic oh i mean it it was the beginning of an era how many songs in Eurovision where it's that 
that moment in Eurovision that it will always be compared back to. Yeah, I think every year we end up having an act of a female pop singer, often with a song with a Spanish name. And I think it's just, it is, Fuego is the reference point, you know? We have yeah. El Diablo, what did everybody say? Oh, It it's, sounds it's like Fuego, Fuego 2.0, yeah. right? We had Replay, which was also from Cyprus. What did everybody say? It's this it's year's Fuego. Fuego. <laughs> exactly. Every year has that year's Fuego. And that is the point of reference, which is really interesting, given that the song didn't win its year, right? Like, I don't think we ever use toy as a reference. We never have this year's toy, but we do no, always no, have no. this year's Fuego. So normally in this podcast, you know, we talk about a topic and then at the end we talk about the um, the guests' favorite favorite Eurovision songs. And I have a lot of um, research on this because it was one of Monica's favorites of all time. I would say, hard to argue with any of this song. The choreography is great. Backup dancers are great. Uh, the background is dynamic, which I think helps to have that not static, like to have a lot going on in the background. They've got actual flame, which is what I was screaming at James Newman, like right when Embers came out. I was like, for flip's sake, James Newman, your song is called Embers, get some fire. But Eleni got it yeah. right, you know, song called Fuego. She's got some pyrotechnics. And um, I've decided that the future is a cat suit, right? Because it, it allows for movement in a way that more flowy dresses don't. So I'm, I'm now all about a cat suit. Uh, the designer here is Vretos Vretakos who is worth Googling because he makes a lot of great cat suits. Fun fact, she was one of three ethnic Albanian participants in the contest, with each of them representing different countries. This is Cyprus's best result to date, reaching number one in Greece and Spain. Billboard says this is a Mediterranean anthem, don't really get it. And Fuego has been covered by other Eurovision contestants, including Dari Froyer, uh, Manzemerlo, and Black Mamba. The Black Mamba version is incredible. Is it? I, that's the only one I yeah. didn't listen to on this list. Oh, would you, you miss, you're missing a treat there. It's amazing. Would you listen to a cover of this, Margarita? What's more, would you listen to this out of Eurovision season? First of all, I have and will continue to listen to this song out of Eurovision season. <laughs> it is an evergreen in the music industry. Um... As for the covers, I mean, it's a fantastic song. I'm I'm very open to listening to all these covers, but can anyone make it be as spicy as Eleni? I don't know. If it has a different take on it to match the singer that's doing the cover, to match their style, then I could see it. But to imitate Eleni herself, I just, I, I don't see it. That, that's why you need to listen to the Black Mamba version. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, which I will be doing the minute will, I, yes. <laughs> I get off this call. Yeah. Netta won with Toy at 529 points. Eleni came in second with 436 points. Uh, I now have to remember who I voted for because I did not vote for either of these songs. And weirdly, Cesar Sampson came in third with Nobody But You, a song I don't remember even though this happened not that many years ago. So I think... I think Eleni could have been slightly luckier, right? If it weren't for Netta, I think she would have had it. And I, I don't know why Netta won. Um, you know, cue hate mail from people who love Netta. But um, good song. Don't know why it won. That's where I am. A I any love final... Toy. <laughs> you love Toy? Oh, no. I, I love Toy. I absolutely love Toy. <laughs> it's a banger. 
I will I will do a chicken dance around to that song till the day I die. I mean, it's a fantastic song, don't get me wrong, but I, I must say that that year my winner was Eleni. Like it like crazy. I don't know. I, and then nobody but you. I do remember the song, but I'm pretty sure I remember the song just because of how shocked I was that it came in third. I think I was just shocked that year. If anything, it's just trauma memory, I think, at this point. Oh, you were traumatized. Eurovision always now we all traumatizes have to me. Eurovision traumatizes me now so far before the actual event that by the time my song doesn't win, I'm over it, if that makes sense. Like, um, I really wanted Scotland. And when it when, when it was announced Liverpool a, a few weeks ago, I was like, yeah, well, there we go. Eurovision's already broken my heart. I'm not, that's it. Yeah. 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 I feel you. <laughs> So our next Barbie, or shall I say Ken, is Not the Same by Sheldon Riley, 2022. I think this was, so first we'll talk about the, you know, Ken, Sheldon, and then we'll talk about, you know, real Sheldon. Susie, how do you feel about Ken Sheldon? I mean, clearly the accessory, the, the, this was written for, a bar, for, for an accessory, right? And, and the, 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 the outfit, but how do you feel about Sheldon? Describe what you see and, uh, and what you think. I need this in my life. This is absolute <laughs> perfection. I need this on a shelf on my wall that I'm going to put up right now and tell me where I need to buy this, who I need to uh, send money to. I need this so badly. It's ridiculous. It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. I barely have descriptive words for this. The mask is incredible. The detail along the arms, the pearls they have are amazing. The draping that they have for these sleeves is incredible. The belts, the detail in this, I mean, the stitching on this is phenomenal. Yeah. Just the, all the, all of the, uh, the sequins they have on the, the skirt, amazing. The marabou they have around the edge. I, oh, good Lord, I can't stop. This is phenomenal. Margarita, do you have feelings on this, about this, about this Ken? I think Susie said it all. It, <laughs> it's just such an accurate depiction of him. It's, it's incredible, like down to the minuscule details. Like we have some, correct me, I don't know the terminology, it looks like some sort of stitching or some sort of beading on the, on the uh, train there. And I didn't even know that was on the real thing. I'm learning yes. more about Sheldon's outfit mm -hmm. through the Kendall than when I saw him perform live. Like it's, it's incredible. It's unmistakable who this is. Yeah. Sheldon live reminded me of a men's wedding dress. That's what I got out of Sheldon. And I don't mean to say that in any kind of derogatory weird way. It's just like, it's got a train. It's like a lot of white on white where sometimes you lose those details because it's white on white on white on white. It's got like, um, I would say like some Princess Diana mutton sleeves on it somehow, the jacket and the jodhpurs. I don't know, there's, a, there's volume, I think is what I'm saying. There's volume and a train. And I think a lot of that white on white could get lost. Like I was worried for actual Sheldon, which I mean, I'm sure Sheldon doesn't need my, uh, my <laughs> uh, 
I, I think, sure I think Sheldon's does. walked around. I think Sheldon's walked around with a train a time or two, and that boy has got it down. I don't think we need to worry about him too much. Likely, likely the case. I, yeah, there was a moment where I was like, Sheldon, you've got a mask, you've got a train, like it's, it's, you've got stairs. It's, 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 a, yeah. But he probably had it in the bag the whole time. But yeah, you see in this miniature version, it, it is like somebody put the real thing in a, in a shrink box of some, like in a Willy Wonka shrink box. I think the most stunning part of this, actually, there's two things that I'm, that I'm looking at now. The fact that the mask, that they have made the, the links on the chain almost to scale. Yes. Which is incredible. Mm -hmm. And the ring that is on the left hand is stunning. It is absolutely incredible. If you zoom into that, it's amazing. Is this is this one of the ones that's going into the charity auction? Uh, maybe, maybe not. There is there. Is, I know the Dana International one is. Yeah, um, and this woman. I, I need. I need information on this because I'm not joking. I need this in my life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Fun fact: before I forget. Barbie is supposed to be two scale, one to six. So every Barbie inch is supposed to be six human inches. And so Barbie is 12 inches tall. How do we feel about real Sheldon? I don't have a lot of research here. Just we all saw him perform. Sheldon is an absolute inspiration. I'm the parent of a special needs child. When his song was first out, and he revealed that everyone thought that it was about him coming out. When he revealed that it was about him dealing with Asperger's, it hit me in an entirely different way sure, as the parent yeah. of a special needs child. And when I went to England and got my sister on board with coming to Eurovision, I had her listen to this song. And she initially was like, okay, I like it. It's good. It's fine. I said, no you wait until you see him sing this because I knew she was going to get to actually see him sing this in person. The day that she actually saw him sing this, we were both in epic amounts of tears and I have never seen, felt something so emotional as Aww. actually witnessing him sing this song. We were absolute hot messes, as was everyone around us. The heart and soul that he puts into singing this when his results came through in the final, I was so gutted for him. Oh. It was, oh, oh, I just felt like I had my heart ripped out. But he is, I mean, reportedly one of the nicest people that you will ever come across. And I would love to see his career go absolutely through the roof. I think the most recent thing that he's done is release a cover of Never Enough from Greatest Showman. Sure. Um, and he just did... Uh, the masked singer in Australia. So that's mm. the most recent thing that he's done. Um, but that's, a, that's really, a little, that's really a little below his, that's a little below his league to be fair. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really, really hoping that he's working on new music because that voice, his voice is just mm. incredible. Absolutely incredible. I really think that he next to Sam Ryder, those were the two most incredible voices on that stage this year bar none. How do you feel about Sheldon, Margarita? I mean, what is left unsaid? You know, I must admit, uh, I think I was probably on a similar note to your sister, Susie, where 
when I first listened to the song, I mean, it's a beautiful song. I, I never had anything against the song. But for me, it wasn't where my focus was going into the actual performance. But when I first of all saw the staging, and second of all, when I experienced it live, it's just, he had us in a trance. He really did. He, it's a phenomenal singer. To be able to do it on a stage in front of so many people, walking up and down those stairs with a huge train, I would have fallen, let me tell you, to, to be able to just kill it the way that he did. Like, I, I think he won the hearts of everybody in that arena and yeah. I'm sure even beyond. Yeah, this is a song that for me, when I heard it, it was written for Eurovision in a way. It's very operatic. It's got a lot to do with your voice. Um, I think I think there's something where listening to it is not the same as seeing Sheldon. I think you have to see Sheldon to appreciate Sheldon. This song, much like Jean's Tears the year before, um, to Tout l'univers, um, apologies to French people in advance, I grew on me. It grew on me, it grew on me, it grew on me, and by the end, I was really pulling for it. And I do know, thank you, um, Susie, for sharing that. I do know what it's like to hear a song and see a performer in a different way once you learn more about them or about the song and to take it in kind of a personal way. Yeah, so I get that. Hey, Eurovision Song Context listeners. For technical reasons, we've had to split this episode, carry on to the next one, to listen to my conversation with Susie and Margarita. Margarita.